The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. So good to have you with us. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and we release these podcasts once a week, Percy. And I love the feedback we get from listeners, too, online. It's, it's wonderful. The feedback is encouraging, and it lets us know that we're really hitting the target of important conversations about cancer and cancer care. If you're listening right now, have you told anyone else about mm. this podcast that you're listening mm. to? Maybe this is your first time. Yeah. But if you're coming back, if you are a subscriber, which is free to sign up for, um, are you telling others about this program? That helps us a great deal. Yeah, we really would uh, appreciate if you would do that and let more people know about this dialogue and discussion that allows people to talk very freely and openly about the cancer journey and experience. We've talked about an, a number of things with just a, a number of people here on the program. I don't think we've ever talked about using art as therapy for cancer patients. Though, we are we? covering a new subject and dynamic and application of ministry and support to cancer patients through the arts. And so this is going to be a really good discussion. We'll get to that part of the program in just a few moments. Percy always makes available a free resource for listeners this week. It's 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 one that I've given a lot of thought to, <laughs> uh, hospital visitation tips, because uh you know, I've learned some do's and don'ts by going through this myself. So you thank you for putting this together. Yeah, well, and when we put this together, this really came as a result of years of experience at Bedside Ministry and, and seeing some of the things that happened consistently that, that did not generate uh, or facilitate an effective hospital visit. So we wanted to help people not make those mistakes. And the problem is no one has ever stopped to tell us what, a, what an effective hospital visit sure. looks like. Sure. So this document is designed to do that and some of the do's and don'ts uh, so that uh, you can go in with confidence and be effective in your visit the next time you show up. Yeah, I mentioned to you before we began recording today that I had a hospital experience about a year mm. ago. It wasn't cancer related, yeah. but as I lay there in the hospital, I was thinking about your hospital visitation tips as I watch people come and go at the hospital. I, I thought, boy, this is practical stuff. It, it's once you, once you are made aware of some of the things to be mindful of, it's, it's very interesting to watch what happens in hospital visitations. <laughs> people who don't wash their hands, people who don't knock on the door, things that we just kind of take for granted. That's what this document is designed yeah. to do, is to help people to be mindful of that. So retrieve this right now from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Hospital visitation tips. Just a very practical, straightforward little little document here. Uh, we'd love to have you download it. Hospital visitation tips written by Percy McRae. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Call 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. As always, more information at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Well, just before we talk about art and cancer, let's talk about the scriptures. Our foundational spiritual nugget for today is found uh, in the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Very familiar passage of scripture that says, I am the gate, God talking about himself, Jesus referring to himself. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The operative verse, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, or as the King James Version says, or more abundantly. Today we're going to talk about the abundant life of God. Uh, Looking forward to it. Our interview with our guest today was recorded in your second home, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, it really was. I lived there for six, almost seven years and, and cut my teeth actually on a lot of things with regard to hospital visitation and ministry and uh, where I really began that journey and then ultimately transitioned back to Chicago. But much was learned and done there, and we're going to meet some folks that are there now doing wonderful work, and Anne is one of those people. I know you often go back to Tulsa, so let's listen. With me today is Anne Hill, who is a volunteer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma, now for five years. And she's going to talk a little bit about the work that she does in volunteering and supporting cancer patients uh, in that clinical environment with some of the things that she does. But not only the fact that she's a volunteer, she also is a former breast cancer patient who now has walked that journey. And we're going to talk a little bit about being a former cancer patient as well. Welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this interview. Well, good, good, good. Well, as you heard in the interview or in the introduction, uh, you are a volunteer uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And it says in my notes here, some of the things that you do from a volunteer perspective, and you've been doing that for five years, is that you host art classes uh, two times a week, and you also are part of an annual craft show for patients. Why do you support cancer patients and volunteer your time to work with them? Well, for one of the reasons, when I come here, no matter what my mood, I walk in the front door and someone hugs my neck. Okay. Someone says, I'm glad you're here. And sometimes at the end of our sessions, someone will say something that is so cherished. Mm. They will say, this was the best part of my day. Wow. You don't get any better than that. So let's talk about some of the things that you do with your time, it says that you host art classes. Let's talk a little bit about your art classes. What does that encompass? I'm a professional teacher, and I have been in the Tulsa area for 32 years. Just a little while. Just a little while. <laughs> I'm just getting used to yeah, it. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, and I'm still teaching four classes a week. Okay. So when I started out here, my time was a little bit short because I had to rush from here and go to classes to teach. At that time, I had seven classes a week, and coming here, and that's a whole story in itself, Okay. but coming here, uh, I was working it in, and I truly believe that I was supposed to be here because I shortened my class schedule, ah. I condensed my classes, and I lost not one student oh, in doing wow. it. Perfect. So now I'm down to four, Okay. and I am able to give more time here 
And being out here is more of a gift to me than it is to the students, I assure you. So in your art classes, because I I just want to be clear, are you actually instructing people on how to actually sketch and draw? (laughs) What exactly are you doing in your classes? Yes, exactly. We are doing that. We are working. uh, When I first started, uh, one day a week I was teaching fine art. One day a week I was teaching crafts. Mm. I'm not a crafter, so that part was harder for me. But I had greater participation working on things, presenting things that people did not feel intimidated by if they had no previous art instruction. Um, Now I combine the two and I try to be very subtle in making sure that we have some theory instruction in every little craft that we do. I like for them to have a completed project if possible, and sometimes people come, work with me for an hour, go off to do a radiation, come back, go to lunch, come back. We may extend their time even over two days. Oh, wow. But yes, they're getting some art instruction, and I have so many precious stories to tell about people who have completed things. Um, If I may interrupt one. One lady came, did a project, told me the whole time she was there, I have no art talent, no Mm. art talent. She left, took her project with her, came back in about 30 minutes, and I said, "Uh, you want to do this again? And she said, no, I was just riding up and down on the elevator showing off my art. I had a captive audience. Wow. Does that make you come back the next day? Absolutely. You bet. You bet. So you've you've been an, an art teacher for how many years? Uh, My family was art. Okay. Uh, I grew up with art, different kinds of art. And I do try to stress that with people, too, because there's so many different ways to express your art. Sure. Not just what I do. Uh, And we talk about that. And I try to encourage them to tell me where they are in the art field. Okay. And and some are bakers. Some are hairdressers. Some are nail artists. Uh, We have one uh, person who visits with me quite often, and she does um, a beautiful thing. She paints on rocks, leaves them in a hiding place. When somebody finds it, she comes back. That person finds it. They leave a rock. They take her rock. She has a whole network. Okay. A whole network. Uh, it's fascinating that to see really, the ways people yeah. express themselves. That is really unique, for sure. I thought so, too. <laughs> now, what's also interesting about your background, uh, obviously, you are an artist, and, and maybe we'll call this show The Artist of Cancer Patients, or The Art of Supporting Cancer That's Patients, good. or something along those lines. I try to think of catchy things to, to call our shows, is the fact that you, too, also yourself are a former uh, breast cancer patient. That's true. Now, you that's did not true. treat at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and that's fine. But you have a, you've had a journey personally with breast cancer, and would it be safe to say that that's one of the motivating factors of why you like supporting cancer patients with your time? Yes, because the little job that I do here. Uh, which is so insignificant to pa- compared to the people, the, the volunteers that are sitting with other patients while they're recovering or being with, with family and friends while someone's in surgery. Mm-hmm. Those are the big things. I can only do my small part. Okay. Um, but my, my path with breast cancer was so insignificant, and still I think it gives me a little bit of insight mm-hmm. I did not avail myself to the counseling and to Uh, the um, association with other people that are going through or have had 
the same thing. And for me, that's why I encourage people to come and sit and talk to each other. I'm a listener. And they are be, they're able to give each other strength and hope. Um, people pray for each other sure. at my table. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I've interviewed you know many people on the show, and, and I'm thinking of one particular person who shared similarly the fact that after they went through several bouts of cancer and successfully treated and and are surviving and thriving, that they also did not avail themselves to the community support or social networking. Exactly. And and one of the things that they said that they learned and they regretted after the fact is that they did not do that, which also then kind of encouraged and motivated them to do some things after the fact. And I'm hearing you say similarly the same Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, And I will say, you know, and you're being humble and I appreciate that, but I will tell you it is not insignificant working with cancer patients now for 23 years. Uh, it is those small types of things that we think may be insignificant that really do make a difference and matter to them. So thank you for your contribution and your journey in that uh, you're you're now doing this on a, on a regular basis, obviously. Uh, sounds like God is blessing that interaction. Let's talk about your faith. Let's talk about the role that you believe faith played in your process as being a patient and now plays in the role of being a volunteer. What does faith mean? What did it mean to you as a patient? How important was it? It was not as important as I would have wished. Okay. At the time, it was adequate. Um, I did not feel that my life was threatened. Okay. Um, I had a wonderful surgeon and uh, lots of support mm-hmm. from my family. Okay. The, the cancer was detected, and I had a lumpectomy. Then they found that I needed to do the lumpectomy again, okay. and we took care of it, and it did not interrupt my life, okay. and it did not interrupt my faith because I never felt that I was... It was short term. Got it. Let me say that. Okay. It's when it goes on for years mm-hmm. and years that it debilitates you mentally. And that's either a time when your faith grows and you rely on it more, mm-hmm. or it's a time when you give up. Given your unique experience, and as we often say here on the show, everybody's cancer journey is it's unique different. to them. Everyone's outcomes are unique to them. Mm-hmm. So we're not here suggesting that your outcome will be the same as someone else's outcome. Everyone has a very unique path to walk. And though your journey uh, was not severe and it did not was not quote unquote life threatening and therefore your faith was adequate using your terminology, let's let's uh, let's uh, blow that up to a larger perspective. How important do you think in general faith is or can be to individuals in the cancer community. You see cancer patients today. You're able to, I assume, uh, within the environment of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, pray with patients or you see staff members praying. How important is faith to a cancer patient from your observation? From my observation, and I'm sure from yours, is your longstanding position in the communities where you've served. Mm -hmm. How could you get through cancer without faith? Mm. How could you look to tomorrow and have any sort of hope? And that's what cancer treatment is, faith, hope, love. Uh, We do that all the time. That's part of our art projects, in fact. And if you don't have faith, how could you expect the doctors to treat you? How could you expect the counselors to give you any hope? If you don't have faith, Mm -hmm. what are you doing here? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it's it's a legitimate question. And again, I think that... 
you know, we could throw that question out just in the ether in general. You know, how far or how successful, how can one proceed through any type of really difficult scenario without the, the general principle of faith being operational in their life? And I think we'll leave that open just like that. It's something for people to think about. There may be individuals that are here today that may be struggling with that. You know, what what all ultimately can one do without at least some kind of basic faith and belief and hope in, in, in the fact that things can get better? So it's a legitimate question. And you can exist. Yeah, absolutely. But and that's the end of the sentence. Yeah, yeah. And I know for me anyway, and it sounds like for you, I'd like to do more than just exist. I'd like you to did. live. And I'm reminded, quite frankly, of the scriptures that says that that I came that you may have life and that you would have life more abundantly. So there, there is life, but then there is an abundance of living that I think is very quintessentially different than just existing every day. I agree with you. I think that one side of the equation is existing, but that's existing without hope. Yeah. And if without hope, why, why have tomorrow? Well, why have tomorrow? That being said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely impressed with the unique nature of what you do from a volunteer perspective. Again, I, as I would say, the art of supporting cancer patients. With regard to the last point that you just made, what is the one thing or what is one thing that gives you personally hope? Not anybody else. What gives uh, you hope to continue on, to move through your day, to work through your challenges? What makes Anne hopeful? I don't see how I could not be. I've never faced that question before because I don't, I don't see the other side of that. Uh, as long as there's life, there's hope. And what's life without it? That's mm. not just a, a platitude. I'm not just throwing that out. Sure. But um, you're asking me to look at something that I've never considered. I, I have a story. Please. That I love to tell, Please. and I've told this so many times, and it concerns me being here. If you want to hear it, Absolutely. just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, I had a very good friend who lost their, who lost her fight with cancer. She had ovarian cancer, and it went on for four years. Okay. And she fought so hard, and her, her physician simply would say, "Every day's a gift. Every day's a gift," mm. and that wasn't enough for her. Okay. Um, she struggled and fought and did not lose her faith. And I know that she did not because toward the end of her life, she said, if I stay or if I go, either way is fine. Yeah, that's an important point. Now, that's, that's the end game, yeah. is it not? Yeah, it is. And she went peacefully. And then my my being here is a result of her. Okay. Uh, because I just sailed through the cancer. I was not a volunteer. I was busy. I was. I had a family. Um, I had a busy life. Okay. And I was not unhappy in my routine. Okay. And one day I got a call from the director of our volunteer program, Gary Ann Tomalski. Okay. It's a precious woman. I love her. She's very patient. Here at the Cancer Treatment yes. Centers of America. And she said, uh, was I supposed to call you? And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and we ran through everything that we knew. Okay. Uh, every church, every organization. We did not have one thing in common. There was no place that mm. we had crossed paths. Okay. But she said to me, I came in my office this morning, and 
a business card, her business card, Mm -hmm. was on her desk. And on the back, it was written, call Ann. And she gave gave my telephone number. She does not know where that came from. Really? I do not know where that came from. Hmm. To this day, we don't know. Okay. And yet... She said, well, I've been thinking about starting an art program out here just for fun. Would you be interested? And I said, that is so nice of you, but I have no time. I'm sorry. Um, And then we talked for a while, and she said, well, just come out, and um, let me buy you lunch, and we'll just talk. And she showed me around the facility, and before I knew what happened, I signed up for two hours a week. Wow. And the rest is just history. I have to say that every year when we have this little program at the end of the year, Uh November the 29th, um, this is a workshop that's for the cancer patients Uh that are in-house and their families and uh, anyone else, the, the caregivers, anyone that wants to participate. And the first year we had it for two days. And we worked ourselves to death. Mm. And we had 151 participants. Wow. Wow. We are having it one day the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, and last year we had about 75 participants. Okay. And people come in and make their gifts or make things for themselves yes. and wrap them up and take them with them. And my hope was that I would have a lot of volunteers that were going to be doing it too. Sure. And <clears throat> I have a lot of volunteers that are doing it with me now. Okay. And they're involved. And the more they're involved, the person to person, I'm I'm privileged. I get to sit face to face with people. My yes. little table is only 36 by 36. Okay. So we're in close contact. Um, but many of the volunteers aren't privileged to have that one on one. Got it. Uh, and doing this, working in the little craft show. Uh, which has gotten to be a big craft show, they have some more one-to-one because they're instructing people on how to do things. And these are things that make them proud of themselves. It makes their day easy. It takes their mind off of what they can't control. Okay. And that's the gift that I have. Mm. That's the gift that, that brings me back every week. Uh, and that is so interesting. We'll come back to you in just a moment, but let me pause here and remind everyone listening that if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, I hope you'll consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's continue now. Percy is talking with Ann Hill, a volunteer of five years at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Percy? So let's talk about being a volunteer and what that means and how that has motivated you to give more of your time to this community. Certainly so, because volunteering is a two-way street. And if you're going into a volunteer program, especially with, with, with oncology, um, I think there is a feeling, in fact, people have said to me, mm. and I'm not doing the heavy lifting, but I do like that phrase. Yes. Um, they've said, well, how, how can you do that? When you're talking to someone that has that had this undergoing treatment, mm-hmm. um, you're not talking about 
bless your heart, poor you. Yeah. They're talking about their hope and the challenges that they're facing and the challenges that they have faced. Um, there has been in the past, there's so many people out here. Um, and I've, I've cried with some of them and yeah. I've laughed with some sure. of them and I've rung the bell with some of them. Um, but they're not taking from you. They're giving to you. Well, it's interesting. A couple of points. Number one, first principle that many people, for those of you who are listening, that are, that are hearing this volunteer, we're talking about being a volunteer and hopefully stirring up people to consider being a volunteer. First rule of thumb in supporting cancer patients is cancer patients do not want to be pitied. No. They don't want your pity. They don't want you to pat them on the head and say, oh, poor old little thing. They want someone who will who will journey with them, who will support them in the path and, and be there in that regard. And I, and I thought it was a very important point that you made that I think a lot of people get confused about. Supporting cancer patients or being a volunteer to a cancer patient is not giving them pity. Cancer patients do not want your pity. Pity. They want your love. They want your support. They want you to hear their story, but they do not want you to pity them. And one of the things that I've learned is um, through my family association uh, with a cancer patient, she said so many times, cancer does not define who I am. Mm-hmm. It is separate from who I am. Absolutely. I do not want it. I don't want to associate with it, yeah. and I will not allow it to dictate my life. Yes. And that takes strength. Absolutely. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, and you're absolutely right, uh, there have been times that I've actually had cancer patients say to me, today, I don't want to talk about cancer. Uh, yes, I want to talk about something else other than right. cancer. And again, this goes back to the previous point, the art We're going to use that thing, the art of being a good volunteer or supporting cancer patients. If you're listening today and if you feel a tug on your heart, go and volunteer at your local oncology unit, at your local hospital and volunteer to spend time with people, but not to pity them, but to walk a path with them, to hear their story and to understand them. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, what then? So let's transition to the next point. What will happen to you, what can happen to you is you're not really the one that's giving. You're now starting to receive. You're going to get something in return back from that cancer patient. Let's talk about that. What have you gotten back from cancer patients? Oh, what have I gotten back? Um, I, of course, am not naming names and being specific, but um, I was associated with a cancer patient who was a very sharing person. Okay. Um, and she came to the very first class that I taught here, mm. which was overwhelming, by the way, okay. because I walked into a room expecting three or four people, and I had 11. <laughs> and I thought, ooh, wait a minute, I'm here doing 11 volunteer people. Right. Um, and that worked fine. We just moved the table into a bigger room. Right, right. Um, but there are there are people that are filled with love and kindness and hope Mm. and hope is the big thing it's the big thing um she this lady sat with me every time i was out here and people would say to her i've got to do this i've got to do this i've got to do this and she'd say don't worry about that i had that Mm. i went through that and i went just fine she said wasn't bad at all Mm. the recovery is not even bad don't Mm. worry about it this went on for three years The lady kept coming here, and one day I said, we'll talk to this lady. 
to another patient, talk to this lady. I think she's already been here with that. Mm. And I said, she's she's probably um, um, an enthusiastic person, okay. an advisor. And this lady said to me with a straight face, and I was bowled over, she said, no, I'm I'm not. I'm a preschool teacher. <laughs> Hmm. But she had so much love and compassion and caring in her heart. She was able to open the door for patients to say, I dread doing this. I'm going to have to do this. I don't want to do this. And she was there saying, I've already done that. Wow. Not to worry. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something to be said about talking to someone who has been there. Exactly. Who has done that. And this is Reverend McCray's statement and gotten the T-shirt to prove it. There you go. You know, <laughs> I, I equate that analogy to when I go to the amusement parks or when I see people whose family members have traveled. It's typically grandmas and granddads and they get they have a T-shirt that says my granddaughter went to such and such place and all they bought me back was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about having been there and done that and have the t-shirt to prove it, to sit in front of someone else who is starting that journey and process that really is hopeful and encouraging. And I would never say to anyone, I'm glad that I went through cancer so that I can have empathy for you. Mm -hmm. I would not say that. I'm not glad. Uh, It wasn't something I ever wished for, and it frightens me to think that my own daughters might have breast cancer because I had it. Um, I would not feel that way. Sure. But I am thankful that I can be a receptive listener. Absolutely. And that's really what a volunteer does. Well, because we listen. The, yeah, the art and science of really supporting, again, mm. the art uh, and science of supporting cancer patients is first and foremost is being good listeners. I tell yeah. people all the time there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. And I'll let people do the math and figure that out later. This is not about <laughs> eloquence of speech, no. this is not about quoting scriptures, this is not even about long, loud prayers. This is about being able to sit attentively and being an active versus passive listener to the journey and the story. And all cancer patients have a story to tell. Yes, they just do. don't have a lot of people who have the time to sit and listen to that story. And then, too, uh, it gives them a relief period if they are talking to someone that they perhaps will never see again. Sure. They can say things that they would not want to burden their own family sure. with. Sure. And it's okay to be a vessel. It's all right to listen. Well, it's because in many cases, cancer patients in talking with individuals that are not connected to them, I think have a freedom to say things that Mm -hmm. they necessarily may not feel like that they'll be judged Mm -hmm. or things may be held against them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a liberty there. There's a freedom to kind of express. And so the point that we're making here is the value of being a good volunteer and placing yourself in a position to, to be able to be in those type of engagements are just so important. And you, you, you're doing that. You're walking that path and you're walking that journey, obviously. And I have one more point, too. People will say, I don't know what I, I don't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they would want me to do. I've never been a volunteer. Sure. God opened a door. This is the only thing I've done in my life. Yeah, it's interesting. And he opened a door for me to come and do what I do. I didn't have to learn to do anything new. I just came and brought whatever I have and shared that with people. And I think that's a lesson for anyone who's hesitant to step out and do this. Um, My husband has never been a volunteer in his life. Hmm. He retired as an engineer. He 
was not interested in coming here or okay. any place to volunteer. Okay. And one day, Gary Ann Tomalski, our leader, yes. um, sent out a, an email, said, I need someone to be a bingo caller one night a week. Okay. The man has never played bingo in his life. <laughs> and he surprised me by saying, I could do that. Yeah. And he's been doing it for a year and a half. Wow. He doesn't even know how to play games. He was never allowed as a child to play games. Um, but he does this. And he's so proud of his efforts. That's awesome. I know. Isn't that fun? Well, so if you want to volunteer, yes. you don't have to fill out that statement that says, I know exactly how to do anything. Yeah, that box doesn't need to be checked. The box doesn't need to be checked. That's Ultimately, right. what I've learned, and, and in our closing seconds with uh, Ann Hill, who was talking about the art of volunteering with yes. cancer patients, is the fact that really what God is looking for, Anne, and what you've just described, is not our, what type of capabilities is our availabilities. A willing heart. A willing heart that says, here am I, send me. And when we do that, interestingly enough, he will open a door. You bet. He'll create a path. He'll pave a way. And we just simply need to step out and walk in that direction. Today, you've been listening to, uh, on, on an extended conversation, and it's been my <laughs> privilege, Ann Hill, who is a former breast cancer patient, by the way. Uh, she did not treat at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, but she volunteers there. Uh, now in her fifth year and some of the things that she does she hosts art classes uh, twice a week or so uh, she's involved with an annual craft show for patients and she just basically has been willing to be a listening heart and her husband along with her as well today we salute you and thank you for being available and willing to be used by God thank you for having me and Percy, thank you for bringing Anne to us. Love, love, love that conversation. Yeah, don't you get the sense of your your school teacher that was just there and she nurtured you through yep. classes yep, and I encouraged sure you to do your homework. And, and I think that that's exactly who she is and was and has been uh, as she's worked in the Tulsa school system now for, I think, 30 years. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I want to talk more about that in a moment, but let me remind everyone about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. Toll-free, 866-712-HOPE. Or, as always, go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And uh, our free resources available at that same website, Hospital Visitation Tips. Uh, you'll, you'll learn, as I did, <laughs> some do's and don'ts about visiting friends and family in the hospital. Important things to yeah. know and remember. Hospital Visitation Tips available for download at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I love that idea of using art as therapy for cancer patients. Well, you know, there's a lot of conversation and discussion now about the application of the arts uh, with regard to providing mental and emotional 
uh, support and soothing to cancer patients to kind of help take their mind off of the grind of treatment and et cetera. And so in this particular case, uh, we have a, a an art teacher of many years who um, by quite uh, interestingly was asked if she would be willing to come and do some art classes <laughs> and just to provide kind of a, a getaway, if you will, you know, uh, for patients at the hospital. And it turned out to become a really big thing hmm. that patients really started looking forward to. And um, lo and behold, much to Anne's surprise, uh, how important that became to patients and then other patients supporting each other in the midst of their art classes. Yeah. Do you have any artistic ability yourself? I do, actually. Do I, you? Yeah, I, I never am. asked you this question. No, you're right. I uh, I was an architectural uh, student major in high school, and in junior college, I, I was pursuing architectural studies. I learned something new about you today. Yeah, yeah so I do. So there's somewhat of an artistic <laughs> side to me. And, of course, you know, people who are artistic are a little temperamental, so there's some people who will probably say, yeah, that's probably true about yeah. him. So, <laughs> Isn't it interesting, though, that God takes what we have and he uses it? I mean, look at this woman who's given her life to teaching art. Suddenly she's, you know, diagnosed with cancer and art is a tool for her to use. Absolutely. And so she started classes and I think uh, uh, having like an annual art show. (laughs) So this really has grown and evolved into something very meaningful that the patients and the environment there at the hospital really thrives and flourishes in providing, again, an outlet for uh, patients. And you're right. Uh, if we will simply allow God to use what he's giving us, it's amazing what he can take and how he can make that be of some powerful resource for people in ways that we may not even thought significant. And while it's not the primary motivation, it comes back to help us because we're helping others. That is correct. And then, of course, she talked about in the same school of thought that her husband, who basically, uh, you know, was not much of a game gaming type of individual, was uh, asked what he considered to run the bingo uh, <laughs> class or the bingo <laughs> sessions and started doing that and loves doing the bingo sessions and the patients love doing bingo. So, again, taking our little, God can make much and he can use it and how it can bless other people and how it can bless our lives as well. Yeah. Let me point you to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download our free resource available to you right now, Hospital Visitation Tips. That's this week's free resource. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already right there at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, there's something else I want to mention before we wrap up today, Percy, and that is the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Yes. Why don't you say a word about this this the time? Leader, yes, the Ministry Leaders Network is growing. I think we're now at 27,000 members. That many? Yeah. Uh, and we have... Uh, Churches and pastors from across the world, literally, uh, who are now part of the Leaders Network, who receive monthly e-newsletters of encouragement and topical conversations that are relevant uh, to the cancer conversation that they can share with their congregation or share with other their ministerial alliance groups uh, that basically is nurturing the audience of faith leaders to get engaged with the cancer care conversation. And you can sign up free of charge yeah. uh, and simply go to uh, the respective site to yeah. do that. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. The Our Journey of Hope logo is there at the top of the page. 
page. Just click on that. Yep, and become a member of that. It's free, and you will begin to be engaged and receive relevant information from us that continues to grow and nurture the cancer care community with the faith community around being proactive and reactive to the cancer conversation. Such a great idea and an example of your forward thinking to help us all uh, be better uh, caregivers and uh, helpers to those on a cancer journey. Well, God is good, and uh, we thank God for, for being able to reach so many people and support them in that way. Our program is called Health, Hope, and Inspiration. That's our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, time to wrap up. Yeah, let's do so. Uh, John 10, our spiritual nugget, and we'll close here, verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture, praise God. Verse 10 is our operative verse. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, praise God, have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest or more abundantly. Today, experience and receive the abundance life of God. Thank God for his abundance. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And Percy, we'll see you next time. Blessings. Take care. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.